what did you think about me when you saw me? <laughs> she's, she's got a good one there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, God. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? Come on, you can tell the truth. <laughs> no. First time I see Kathy, I don't know Kathy. Very. I don't know how that I can plan that. And I explain that. Right. I don't know how that. Um, Was I fat? Fat. Very <laughs> <laughs> fat. I never before in Vietnam and I see people fat. Right. Same her. And I know, oh my God. What happened? What happened? Vietnamese come by me, American lady. Right. Right. And then, oh my God, me so skinny, look her so fat. Yeah. Very, very, I very scared. Eh? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was I loud? Talk loud. <laughs> I don't know. Tano, I don't know English. Right. Right. But I hear her talk the sound very loud. Mm. I scared. Welcome to the next episode of Pancom Podcast, and here is Nick Jimenez leading the show. Like I always say, the next episode, it's this episode. It's the one that's that true. you're that's, listening to now. You're right, you're right. Uh, I'm Nick Jimenez. I'm joined, as always, by our host, chef, chili cook-off champion, and eighth grade basketball MVP. Those are all factual, except for the chili cook-off champion. Michael Beltran, we are joined by Kathy Manning and Jun Nguyen. They are the proprietors of Haivong, which I think it's fair to call uh, uh, an iconic you know, Miami institution. Certainly, uh, you know anybody who has been eating in Miami for long enough knows that uh, the two of you are largely responsible for uh, popular, introducing and popularizing Vietnamese cuisine to the city. Um, and you've now written Mango and Peppercorns, a memoir of food and unlikely family and the American Dream, together with your daughter, Lynn, yeah. and uh, Elisa Ung. Um, before I sort of step out, I think the best way to introduce this is with your introduction in the book. There's a lot of post-its in here, and I'm sure that I'll jump in yeah. with some notes on the, uh, the beginning stuff. So this is the introduction from your book. As the Vietnam War came to a close in the spring of 1975 with North Vietnam victorious, people began to flee impending communist rule. Many escaped in boats, enduring days on the open ocean. Those who survived the journey were taken into refugee camps throughout Southeast Asia. The United States, which had supported South Vietnam in the war, supported the evacu- sorry, sponsored the evacuation of 125,000 Vietnamese refugees who resettled throughout America. Tung Nguyen was one of the first to arrive. She had fled Saigon as the North Vietnamese army approached the city. After a harrowing nine-day boat trip and a brief stay in Guam, she was transported to Fort Indian Town Gap in central Pennsylvania. The military base was one of four U.S. processing centers for Vietnamese refugees, taking in more than 20,000 people over a period of eight months. After two months in the camp, Tung was 27 at the time, uh, was resettled in Miami by Lutheran World Relief. Catherine Manning a 30-year-old graduate student and cashier at the University of Miami, volunteered to temporarily host Tung 
and 11 other refugees, which every time I read that, sorry, it just blows my mind. Wow. Uh, until they, and these are 11 other refugees who didn't know each other. Right. Uh, until they found places to live. Tung and Kathy went on to become two of Miami's most successful restaurateurs. Uh, this is their improbable story, along with recipes for some of their most popular dishes. I think if you took any sliver of that, it would be an incredible story. Right. All of it together in one thing is pretty amazing. That's so, w- that's one hell of an intro, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I've never had to work so little for an introduction. I- <laughs> <laughs> All of it was done for me. <laughs> well, that, that's true. Yeah. I mean, I'm incredibly honored that you guys are here. Uh, I can't thank you guys enough for doing this. I think, um, and I speak for so many that have restaurants like mine now that are, I, I find to be very different and new in the Miami scene. Like a lot of what you guys did a long time ago has kind of paved the way for people like myself and so many people like me. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean... I can't thank you guys enough. And I'm honored that you guys are here. You know, it, it means a lot for me to, uh, for you thank guys you to be here. here. Yeah, thank yeah. you. This episode of Pancom Podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Drew Estate and Master Blender Willie Herrera, who are proud to introduce the Herrera Esteli Miami Cigar. Crafted by Level 9 Cuban Rollers at El Titan de Bronce in Calle Ocho, The complete Herrera Esteli Miami line is expertly rolled with a lavish Ecuadorian Habano Oscuro wrapper over a rich Ecuadorian Sumatran binder with select fillers from the Dominican Republic and Nicaragua. The new look of Herrera Esteli Miami features a black and gold color tone and is available in the following five Vitolas. Nick, tell everyone, what is a Vitola? A Vitola, and by the way, I would like everyone listening to this ad to know, this is the first take, and we're doing very well. <laughs> I am shocked. I have no idea what's going on, and I have to say it's because of the ang- anxious coffee that Nick has made. Oh, man. Just wait for the poops. Uh, a Vitola, the term Vitola refers to the sizes of the cigars, right? So some of the common ones that people hear are Robusto and Corona and mm. Churchill uh, those are all terms for vitolas. The five vitolas that just the, I want to interrupt you because it's not always about the size of the cigar. That's true. It is the type of cigar. So tell them. That's true. So the five the five vitolas that uh, that Herrera Tele comes in are Herrera Tele Miami Robusto Grande, five by fifty. Should we go with like uh, anglicized pronunciations? Is it a, for because your name is on the sandwich? Is this a Robusto Grande or a Robusto Grande? I mean, it depends. How do you feel like our listeners in Salina would feel? I want them to feel like it's Robusto Grande. Bueno, that's a good Vitola. So Robusto Grande, which is a 5 by 50, by the way, for the uninitiated, 5 by 50 means it is 5 inches long and 50 64ths of an inch in diameter. So uh, close to 5 six. So just you have painting a picture here in your mind. Robusto Grande, which is a 5x50, Toro Especial, which is 6x52, Lonsdale Deluxe, a 6.5x44, Piramide Fino, 6.5x54, Short Corona Gorda, which is 5 and 3 quarters by 48. This cigar is exclusive to Drew Diplomat Retailers. For more information, you can visit DrewEstate.com. That's D-R-E-W Estate.com. Or follow them at, at Drew Estate Cigar. 
on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Mike, you had this cigar. I know that you're a Drew Estate fan. I am a Drew Estate fan. I'm very glad that they've come on as a partner. As a general rule, I want to make sure that to the extent that we can, and we've pulled this off so far, we're only partnering with people and taking money from people whose products we're actually into. Like Santos. Uh, absolutely like Santos Sangria. Santos Sangria. I, I, I actually have told them, like, I'll, listen, I'll give you an ad because I'm out of Santos Sangria. Right. Uh, I have to say that um, after going through this ad, one of the things that sticks out to me the most is how very much I feel like this is softcore Cinemax porn at 11 o'clock. Explain to everyone a rich Ecuadorian <laughs> Sumatran binder how that doesn't sound... Very sexual. Listen, I, I don't know that the people at Drew Estate would object to our <laughs> selling not. them as a sexual product. Yeah. Uh, but in case anybody's curious about what that even means, so Ecuadorian Sumatran binder. So I, Sumatran is not a style of... That's the thing. Of sexual style. It's not a sexual style. Got it. I mean, although it depends, some people do sexual things with their cigars. All right. Listen, you open this door. Man, we fucked this ad up already. <laughs> Jeez. No, but uh, but Ecuadorian Sumatran. That might sound confusing to people who know their geography because Ecuador and Sumatra are both places. It is a Sumatran binder, meaning that it is a variety of tobacco uh, named for Sumatra, but it was grown in Ecuador. And you see this a lot in cigars where you have a an Ecuadorian Connecticut wrapper. Uh, which means that it's a uh, Connecticut tobacco variety, but grown in Ecuador. People who listen to this podcast are going to hear us smoke pretty soon. We're going to have Willie Herrera, the master blender, on as a guest on the podcast. Uh, if you're curious about cigars, that is definitely one you want to tune in for. I have to say that I, I smoke a pretty good wide range of cigars, and I, I gravitate towards Drew Estate a lot. I mm-hmm. think that the consistent how consistent and good those cigars are is like very rare. And we've talked about that a lot. Like, you know, sometimes you'll get a cigar and then it'll be great. And then you go back to get it like six months later and it's just not as good. I've never had that experience with Drew Estate stuff. And it's like, I I don't know. I've, I've been a fan for a long time, way before they started paying me to say I was a fan. (laughs) Way before. No, it's true. Yeah, it's true. No, we've been to cigar shops together more than once. You've pointed out Drew Estate things. But that's what I I I smoked that, and that's awesome. The red label uh, Herrera Esteli, I smoke every week. Yeah, yeah. Every week, it'll be the first, like, you know, when I go to one of these places, I'll go, that's the first thing I grab, and then I'll go into something else second if I decide to smoke two or three that day. So I'm glad you brought that up because I want to make a distinction here. You you referenced the the one that has the the red red label label on it. Red and gold, yeah. And that's the core Herrera Teli, which is made in Esteli. Esteli is uh, the Nicaraguan sort of capital of cigar making. The Herrera Teli Miami that we'd been talking about is actually made, and this is referenced in the copy that we read, but El Titan de Bronce in, in Little Havana, uh, so this is also a cigar that you want to go after. And I remember I, I uh, passed this along to one of our friends in the uh, social media sphere who was putting together a list of local businesses. And I said, ah. like, hey, you might want to check out El Titan de Bronce. Uh, and El Titan in Little Havana is not just in Miami, but in the country, one of a very, very small number of American cigar factories that actually distribute all over the place. So it's cool that, you know, uh, that this is a product that people everywhere have access to. Um, and and it comes from a small factory in Miami that has a, a very good reputation, not just all over the country, but all over the world. Somebody gave me one of these Miami ones for Christmas, so it was delicious. Merry Christmas. <laughs> so, again, this cigar is exclusive to Drew Estate. 
uh, to Drew Diplomat Retailers. For more information, DrewEstate.com or follow them, Drew Estate Cigar on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We expect sales to go up 20% after this ad. I might cut that out. <laughs> um, when, uh, when we started, it wasn't easy. Right. I mean, we were the first Vietnamese restaurant in Miami. But before that, we tried to uh, introduce Vietnamese food like we sold at the um, Orange Bowl Parade. Right. And so we paid money for both and we, uh, we made spring rolls. Mm-hmm. And people had never eaten spring rolls. Right. So we were trying to sell spring rolls and nobody was buying. And mm-hmm. I cut the price and then I called it. Then I changed and uh, I said Vietnamese hot dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and then I finally ended up giving them away. And uh, her eyes were glaring at me because she had made probably 500, 600 uh, spring rolls. And it's all done by hand. Right. Uh, so uh, that was the beginning. And then uh, she, uh, when she got, when when she came to my house, uh, she was one of 14. Mm. Uh, she was different. I had every class in Vietnam that would never be together uh, all in one house. I had old money, new money, no money, country, uh, city. So uh, it was fun. I mean, I had a lot of fun. But she was so much fun because <laughs> she had never been in an escalator, elevator, never been in a car. Most of the time, she never went anywhere. Her feet didn't carry her. Um, and so she was fun, but she was different. She was pregnant when she got here. And so the, the people that were going to, uh, gonna, I, I found jobs for people. I got kids in school. I made sure they had their health uh, checked out and everything. She had never been to a doctor, never been to a dentist, Never been to a hospital. Right. And uh, so this was uh, this was all new for her. Right. And uh, uh, that's how it started. But when you wait in the hospital for 12 hours sitting next to someone, you become, you get to know each other. Mm. And uh, that's what, what happened. We got to know each other. And we let down barriers. In other words, I come from Iowa, so I'm not afraid of farmers. We had a lot of farmers in Iowa. Mm. Uh, And uh, she was a farmer. That's what she did. And she also sold soup on the street because her father died and she was the oldest. And... uh, it's not unusual to uh, give your children away if the man of the house dies, but Tong being the oldest told her mother she'll take care of it. So she started selling soup on the street, 
and then said I can make more money in Saigon and went to Saigon. And that's how she got on the boat uh, by accident. She was actually came in the first round in 1975. That's when the government really did it well. They had put the refugees in camps and then people sponsored them and then they came out. The second wave after 1980, uh, those were the boat people. Okay, they, the, over a hundred thousand of those boat people died on the ocean in one year. Uh, because they were, the boats were no good. The Thai pirates, everybody uh, was after them and uh, they had a hard time. But they were not the money people. They, they were uh, the Chinese because the Vietnamese wanted to get rid of the Chinese and, and uh, people who, who knew how to get on a boat. I mean, it's like the Cubans, right? Right. A lot of the refugees came, they were boat. They knew how, they had boats. Right. Right? Even when they didn't have boats, they made boats out of something. <laughs> yeah. Right. They did, you see. So, that's, and so we can ask them what she thought of America when she came. Well, I mean, I think of... Um just an interesting question because you said there was 14. How big was this home? So it was in the Grove. Oh, it yeah? Was, it was on the corner of Royal Palm and Douglas. Wow. We went by it the other day because we were giving food to the food bank. Right. And uh, it was my mother and father's house. And uh, my mother loved that house. But I... So don't, my mother wouldn't love that house now oh, because no. it was all fenced up, mm. uh, and I mean fenced, high fences, <laughs> right. right? And it, it was so open when I, when I grew up there. That's why I grew up. So when so when you arrived, grouped with fourteen people, what was the initial reaction for when you got here in this house of you know people you didn't even know and. Um, you guys weren't familiar with each other. What was that first feeling like? What, what did you think about me when you saw me? <laughs> she's, she's got a good one there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, God. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? Come on, you can tell the truth. <laughs> no. First time I see Kathy, I don't know, Kathy. Very... <laughs> I don't know how that I can how to plan that. And I explain that. Right. I don't know how that um, was I fat? Fat Very <laughs> 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 fat but I never before in Vietnam and I see people fat. Right. It's the same her. And I know oh my god. What happened what happened to Vietnamese come by me? The American lady. Right. Right. And then, oh my God, me so skinny, look her so fat. Yeah. Very, very, I very scared eh? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Was I loud? Talk loud. <laughs> but we don't know, Tano uh, may don't know English. Right. Right. But I hear her talk, the sound very loud. Mm. I scared. Mm. I scared. But in Vietnam, before the war, an American go to Vietnam. 
Oh God, everybody very scared. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Vietnamese were afraid of the uh, soldiers. That I mean, she didn't. She had no contact with America. When she got here, she didn't know. She was just like a wave. She didn't know where she's going. They asked her, where do you want to go? And she was in in Pennsylvania. Oh. And she said, I want to go someplace warm. Mm. <laughs> it's like, so then they, uh, they sent her to, to me. Yeah. To yeah. But when <laughs> I saw, not my turn. <laughs> when, I saw, when I saw you, she was very skinny. She was pregnant. Mm. She had polka dots. She had what is called the Al Baba, which is uh, the farmer clothes. Right. And she, they used whatever material they get. She had polka dot and striped pants. And she was very skinny, except she was pregnant. And... Uh, she uh, had many uh, marks on her face because she had had smallpox. Mm. And so I thought she was a little ugly. <laughs> 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 and she thought I was fat. <laughs> but Perfect pairing. It seems okay. like everyone loves each other right, right. away. Oh, but then you know what happens is that uh, you begin to, my good friend who I had gotten one brother out for her, who was one Vietnamese with all Americans, she said, don't talk to her tone, she won't understand, you know, because they do, I say it lovingly, because we have caste here too, the color of your skin, the, the accent you have, this is not a casteless society in them. But uh, 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 in Vietnam, the farmer is the lowest of low. And there is, let's ask her, what are, what, how about the farmer in Vietnam? Was there a way up? Yes. A farm in Vietnam very different from here, as you wait there. Mm. Uh, in Vietnam, um, Small farm and very hard, very tough, no easy. Right. Right. And uh, buffalo. Water buffalo. Right, water buffalo and go in front and to back and have the what you call it? The, 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 the over the earth. Mm. Right. Very, very hard. I come here, everything so different. Right. Very different. And I keep thinking, oh my God, I'm very Everything so different, very different in Vietnam. Vietnam form so hard. Everything so hard, but we're here so easy. And I like form, but no hard form. Right. <laughs> yeah. She has a huge garden at home. Oh, she yeah? Has, yeah, she has uh, Asian vegetables. She has a huge garden, and now she has flowers. I mean, she has orchids and... And her, her, people walk by the house and see her garden, and I, even, we gave her a sign that says, Tony's Garden. <laughs> it's hers. It's hers. She tells me, you go inside. When I, when I want to help or something, she said, you go inside. Yeah. 
So I think uh, there were a few things that, that each of you touched on about uh, Tung's experience of America. And, of course, being Cuban, I'm reading this book, and I'm reading the, the initial parts about this flight from uh, conflict with communism in Vietnam and ending up here. And so there's so much of it that is very relatable, I think. To, to so many people in Miami, not just Cubans, but Venezuelans and Nicaraguans. And, uh, and then there are, for example, you mentioned, you know, uh, uh, and I think in the book you also talk about uh, Tung, your, your first time in, a, in an American grocery store and just this abundance and the variety. Uh, so there were things about that that were so relatable. But then at the same time, uh, there are these other things that are in such stark contrast with waves of refugees from the Americas where the culture isn't quite as removed from American culture, right? It still has ties to Western Europe and um, so for example uh, there, so the, the two things that stood out, one is, is relevant to that, that cultural proximity and one isn't one was in Miami so many people have the experience of being sponsored by relatives and so they go through that experience either with relatives who went through it themselves, and so you have this sort of guide, or or close friends, or even just people you meet because you relate, because you're Cuban. In this case, you were going through it with somebody, you were going through all of it for the first time from any perspective. So I wonder about that, and then also uh, I wonder whether uh, you found that going through that process in Miami, where even if they weren't Vietnamese, maybe people could relate, had some impact on that process, right? Did you ever encounter Cubans and Nicaraguans in the 80s and so on and so forth who thought like, okay, I don't know Vietnam, but I know what that is. Yeah, it's still a familiar system because there was other ethnicities that went through it, right? I mean, it wasn't like, um, yeah, I mean, it's an interesting point. Right. No, that's a really good point. Uh, you know, uh, okay. So, what what was it like being a refugee here? And I, you know, it, it's a process of of growing. I mean, you know, uh, and also, I, uh, basically, we have the same value system, but in a different way, in a different way. She works. She came into my house and started cooking for all the Vietnamese. They all knew it was her job. She set a beautiful table menu, but then she never sat down. So uh-huh. Uh-huh. I would say, where's Tom? Where's Tom? Uh, uh, so we, I, I was learning the Vietnamese culture. I didn't know anything about the Vietnamese culture. I uh, I didn't know uh, how they their culture thought about things, and uh, but I learned and I saw her relate to them, and I saw that she didn't sit down. And one day I came home and she was in the garage crying, and they had blamed uh, the one kid had gotten. Chicken pox, and they blamed her for the chicken pox, which has nothing to do with smoke. 
you know, but they, that's happened. So I, I saw her tenacity, her strength, uh, uh, you know, she, uh, she had a lot of, a lot of, I kept seeing a lot of strength there mm. because uh, she had a daughter. She didn't know English. She didn't know anything, and yet she was willing to to make it go. Right. Yeah. So I, I guess uh, interesting timeline from when, you know, the beginning to when the actual restaurant happened. Like, how did that evolve, and how did that evolution, and like, where where did that decision come from, to actually like open up a restaurant and start serving Vietnamese food to a place that had no, I mean, Miami. They didn't, didn't know. They, they didn't. They didn't know, and I think in a lot of times they probably would still have a hard time understanding it in a lot of ways, even yeah, today. A, a roast fritos. Yeah. Humans always came asking, "You have a roast fritos." <laughs> <laughs> But uh, let's ask Tom, what, how did the restaurant start? Why, how, how, how? Oh my God, long way. <laughs> how did she start? First, until uh, Finn brought the uh, downtown. Yeah. Right, first, until downtown. Uh, downtown, Finn Road. Uh, and they, uh, and the chef room. Yeah. Soup and uh, sitting, right? And H3. So she sold, yeah. she sold for Vietnamese soup, right? And we would put the pan in the car. Right. What happened to the pan? And what happened at the open restaurant? And they needed rice, coconut roll, right? And rice was the sitting. In 37 afternoon, the sitting, and rice was there at the, my friend's house. Mm. And they have the, uh, the room, have room the people sit down, and the coconut roll to for the people. Mm-hmm. And then I arrive, me and my daughter, and sit here, and and soup, and go over, go over. Come over, the soup come over. Right. And go home, I finish up and go home, and I clean the car, and I clean her, and oh my God. A lot of work. Yeah. Half a day, more half a day. I can't work nothing. And I told Kathy, I know Kathy, go look the room. Chimau room, okay, high. And they, Chimau, and half the chair, all the soup. The chair, all the soup. She's going to sell only soup. Right. I think all the soup. I know things about it. Go to medicine. I know things about it. That and cook soup and again it started how long two years open two and a half years so we found a place with the right price mm-hmm. right we had no money uh, but it was a, a uh, clothing store before right two stores you have a hood you have to duck it out duck it, and up above that uh, we had to uh, uh, put, we had to put air conditioning. I only have one back air conditioner. Anyhow, we had the city, we put up drywall, and her job was to paint and sand. Mm. And uh, 
the city came and they said you have to take it down. It needs to be fire rated. Right. Right. Correct. I can build any kind of restaurant you want now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> After all that, I can. So we had to take it down and we put it up five eighths uh, fire rated drywall, and uh, she painted and sand, but. I was lucky, a very good friend of mine, an old man who was a, a, a construction, he was a contractor, he taught me how to do everything, and he invested uh, his time and money for supplies. That's so, cool. So, uh, we, we, we did it. We did it in two and a half years. At the very end, we didn't have air conditioning. Oh. And uh, we had put in ceiling fans, and I said, people are not going to stay here right. without air conditioning. So I went to the library and got a book, and went and bought my, uh, got a wholesale unit, read the book, put up the air conditioning, and the city caught me. <laughs> <laughs> I say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. So then I had to get a friend who was an air conditioning contractor, and he he he, he uh, they passed it, and then we used my line that I soldered for 20 years. <laughs> wow, that's pretty incredible. Right? Yeah. So, and the air conditioning first air conditioning lasted 20 years. So the air conditioning you guys did lasted 20 years. Yeah. Wow, that's so much more than any AC guy now in like Miami could say. That's for sure. I think I've replaced our AC like six times in five years. Those are things that we laugh about because yeah. when you're when you're doing that and you don't have any money and you don't know where it's coming from, uh, you you have a lot of hope. Yeah. Someone asked me the difference between hope and optimism. And we didn't have optimism. We didn't think about optimism, but we had hope. So the name of the restaurant is Hivao, which in Vietnamese and English means hope. It's that for your work, you're going to be blessed. Okay. That's amazing. And uh, somehow somebody, you know, she says Troy, which is God, is going to bless it. And uh, so we thought, we, I didn't think, I just went. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I think all restaurants that are special start with hope and faith. Right. You know, like, when you have a story to tell, it's it's tough. Not everyone would understand that. Right. So when the AC was working and you opened, what was that like? The beginning. The very beginning. Like, what was, like, the first day at the restaurant like? the first year. What was it like the first day at open? Were you busy? Busy. Uh, no, first day you Oh, open. first day? No. No, yeah. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, it took a long time. Well, not that long. No, no, long time. <laughs> okay. Oh my God, no. Up money pay right. <laughs> you remember, Mitch Lemon come up money right. Yeah. Yeah. But, but right before tea. But what no, happened no. that it got busy? Oh, that got busy. <laughs> but why did it get busy? Why the busy? And Miami Herald. The Miami Herald? Yeah. Miami Herald helped a lot. 
That's when food writing was was great. Right. Yes. That's when no, food writing was. No, don't that that we didn't we didn't we didn't do any trickery or any of that stuff. We never did. We never. You know, I didn't want to know who was there. If he was a food writer or this, I didn't want to know because when you go to Haiphong, you come in everybody equal. I mean, I don't care whether you have. Uh, money or no money or it doesn't matter it's a com it's that everybody's equal and my business plan was that you come out you rest you eat good and then you go back and you what happened to high volume people started talking to each other and we had a lot of people get married after eating at high volume because they didn't have anything to do but talk yeah. <laughs> they had hope also. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they had hope it. also. <laughs> that's it. And so it took a two hours, and you're going to, and no music. Oh, no music. No music. And oh. so uh, the only thing it had was conversation. Hmm. And and sometimes uh, conversation with other tables. <laughs> with so how long after you opened did the Herald write about it that it got busy? Was it a year? Was it six months? It was more? No. It was six months. Right. The no, first have one. one year. One okay, one year. One year. One year. Yeah. Okay. One year. One year. One year. One year. One year. So when they wrote about it, it was... It's, yeah. Took off. Busy. Yeah. Very busy. Very busy. Not enough people to cook, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's but real. she didn't yeah. want anybody to cook. Oh, My, yeah. My, I am ambitious, and she wasn't. I mean, I wanted to be—I wanted her to be a celebrity chef, and we have a line, and <laughs> and you know, she didn't know any of that, and that's not her style. And it took me a while that you know, she's right, she's right, but her food was her voice, and uh, and also was her self-esteem. She, she began to feel accepted. Mm. So how many people would you guys do a night on average when you guys got busy? How many people? Yeah, how many people? How many, how many covers would you do? Like how big was the restaurant? Okay. How many times would you turn we the room? We started with four tables. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> four tables. And so um, one table... You could put the, the, the lid, I, I mean, the tables were, and I mean, there was a hole in the wall. I mean, uh, but we got better with years. Right. I mean, you know, you had to, you had to go to the restroom in the, uh, in the, the restroom you, you go through and then the, the restrooms are on each side. But you have to go in the alley to go back in, right? Right. right. So uh, you had water. You had to step down, and sometimes <laughs> it rained, and the water would be up to here. And these women would come through with beautiful heels. <laughs> we used to And uh, if they didn't have to go fast, they said okay thank you and she went they went back if they right. had to they took off their shoes and walked in the water and, and yeah. uh, 
So in the, I guess, after the first year, what were some of the most trying times? Like, what were the things that you felt were, I mean, it was, the restaurant was around for a long time. So what were some of the things, like, that you remember that was like, man, I remember that was very tough. And this moment in time was very tough. I'm sure there were more than a couple. Okay. Let, let her, I'm going to disagree with her, but just. Okay. <laughs> we already, already but, know we're going to disagree. But I want her to have her voice. I know what she's going to say. Okay. After, You've been through this before. Well, yeah. yeah. No, I know what she's going to say. Okay. Uh, what was hard about Haivong? What was it hard? I mean, was it that, uh, huh? I mean, in the beginning. What was it? Situation. Like, what yeah. was something that you remember that it was like, you felt like it was yeah. uh, difficult either from food or from people or like the building itself? What What was something you remember as like, that was a very difficult time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First time they have beginning Vietnamese and Russian beginning. And American first, first Western Vietnamese. Yeah. American don't know Vietnamese food. Right. That's very hard. Yeah. And now that I know cook too much beginning, and I knew the American don't know Vietnamese yet. But before, right now, a lot of Vietnamese. Right. And people know more. And before, no half Vietnamese. Beginning, no, no, after many. But first, and the high one open, and I know that the American don't know. But, and hope they uh, film roll. Okay. Yeah, hope that they, the film roll, American love. Mm-hmm. Right. And people teach, and people eat it out first, and, the, and people eat the, um, the food, not a person, people talking. Right. Uh, talk by, by talk, uh, and we will take that. We will take. And oh my goodness, <laughs> after two years, so busy. Right. We long line outside. We go one cook. One cook, how many years? Oh, 38. No, I no, no. Was I a problem to you? Was I a problem? No. You're. Kathy, good morning, her go pick up, um, what do you call, a chicken, a uh, vegetable. No, I picked up everything. But right. I, <laughs> I picked up everything. And come to restaurant. Did you I, like I, me I giving stuff away? Absolutely. <laughs> No, no, I know how that feels. No, I know, I know you didn't. No, that's it. Sure. That's why yeah. she would get yeah. so mad because. Yeah. But sometimes people won't uh, taste the food if you don't give them a taste. Right. Look, pork rolling cakes started as nobody. They looked or no, yeah. And I said, taste them, taste them. So. Uh, they started tasting now they became the biggest seller yeah. and that's all done by hand on a cloth I totally understand y- your point and I totally understand her point yeah. I t- like you yeah. know I get it they're never going to appreciate it unless they try it especially something that they've never heard of or seen before but then it's also it's a lot of work 
It's yeah, a lot of a it, lot of work. Go one way and how many year? No, but then uh, it's what okay. she, the reason she's saying. Then she, later she got a helper, like twenty five years later. What? Say it again. <laughs> I'm sorry. She got a helper. How many years later? Later, <laughs> twenty five. Twenty five years later. Yeah. Go she, one way. It was just you day, for that long? All night. Wow. That's we incredible. We kept her out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely kept her out of trouble. Wow, you had to help her after 25 years. But she, I used to... to Jump woman. Yeah. yeah. I used to try and uh, say, let's have a line. Right, yep. but in Vietnam they don't have lines. You know, there's no line. You sell in the street. They sit down. You have a long pole, and you have soup on one side, bowls on the other. They, they, it's Vietnamese fast food, right. and you get it and you sit down and eat. You know, so 25 years later, she got a helper who is still with us, <coughs> who is. Uh, and she taught him how to prep and how to put the bones for the stack. What else? Yeah. Here, I'll give you time oh. to talk. Oh my God, a lot of teacher. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of teacher. My aunt, they, I don't know, different people, different people, talk no listen. <laughs> right. <And> I teach. <laughs> yeah, I know how that feels too. <laughs> they never listen. Uh. I did, uh, I saw them and the house on the moon, Louis, I stuck over weeks and I try and I live alone mm. and I work harder than I live alone. And three hours and I, I turn and I go, I duck, I duck a bone, I know, okay. It's short, short moon. No, I have to be wing. And they uh, no have oxtail, no <coughs> have beef, uh, beef right. And they short, a lot of short. My aunt the big hand and stuff. Look like um, I don't know. Look like what? <laughs> and I told them, on more boom, on more boom, and on about three or four boom. And I go work night and I come back. I chuck again, I chuck again, and I took off the, the bubble on top. Yeah. And I saw a lot of water and no, no, not the bull. Mm-hmm. And I know, okay, come on, I need the bull. I, I go, I took boom, I on, okay. But I let him look, the rain look, and on the boom, go hot, the my stuff. Right. Right. Right, I know like the um, black boom and stuck nowhere, and I can't go to school. I have to teach it a long time. Long Took time. Me a long time. Yeah, I mean to do things the way yeah. you want them to be done, especially that it's so important to the overall thing, takes a lot of time. Yeah, a, a lot, lot of time. Of time. So. Now that, because I, I think, you know, this is a good opportunity to for me to jump in and let people hear a little bit of this book. Now that we're talking about Tung's uh, work ethic, you brought up the 25 years before she had a helper. 25 years before she had a helper. So, yeah. 25 uh, years. Uh, 
remind how how old are you at the point in the book where you're making bricks in Vietnam? You're about nine, sixteen, maybe. When she started cooking. M- no, making bricks. Oh, making bricks. Yeah. And uh, thirteen. About thirteen. Yeah. So. Thirteen, but not really. No, yeah. no, no, not too much. So, just to, to give people a sense of what's going on in this portion that I'll that I'll read here, the idea is that in uh, the part of Vietnam where you lived, it was sort of split, no, between people who lived in brick houses and people who lived in homes made of uh, rice paddy stocks. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so this was uh, Tung's master plan to uh, build a one-room brick home for her parents when yeah. she was 13 years old. So. Yeah. Uh, at this point, you've approached uh, your boss at w- where the bricks were being made about uh, the proposal that he pay you in part in bricks. Yeah. Uh, after getting over his surprise, the boss said I could have one brick out of every ten that I made and that it would take about six months to meet my goal. I was so happy and got right to work because I had spent so much time watching what to do I made bricks much better and faster than anyone expected. Each night, I piled up to 30 bricks in a makeshift wagon and rolled them home. As the pile outside my parents' house grew uh, grew larger and they grew more suspicious, I told them I knew someone who would uh, buy them from me. They weren't totally convinced. Why is Tung keeping so many bricks? My father asked. I don't know. This was. Uh, uh, am I saying this right? Banois or Banoi? Banoi. Banoi. Ask Banoi. This being her uh, Tung's grandmother. I don't know. She lied. After only three months, the pile had grown high enough to build the house. I gathered my entire family outside and pointed at the bricks. I will not be selling the bricks. I said. I will be building a house for mother and father. Next, I presented my parents with the earnings from my job, enough money to pay people in the village to help build the house. My mother wept. My father teared up, then walked away so that others would not see him cry. When he returned, he said, I don't need to eat dinner. I am full of happiness. We built the house, except for the roof, in ten days, paying some people in food cooked by my mother and Banoi. I glowed with pride as I saw the men grinding up oyster shells and mixing them into a paste, uh, not to smear over rice paddy stalks, but to glue the bricks together to form solid walls. After the walls were finished, we had to build the roof before we could move in. That involved me working at the clay tile shop. It took a, a whole year to earn enough bricks, uh, enough sorry, to earn enough tiles for the roof. Uh, but at last, my parents had the house I'd always dreamed of. It was always dry inside, and no one could treat us poorly again for living in a house made of rice paddy stalks. Which makes me think that's the sort of person who goes 25 years without a helper. <laughs> I, I mean, and it's still like when, when, when you say that she's she's making 30 bricks. I mean, I mean, she's taking three, and it's just like, I mean, that's incredible stuff. I mean, I still, I'm still thinking like 25 years until you took a helper. 25 years <laughs> until you took someone else in the kitchen to teach, because then you had to teach them, which I took. A lot of time, also. Yeah. So, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, Thank I you. Just, I don't know, like. <laughs> I, I just feel. I hear so many chefs talking about like, yeah, you know, you work so hard. I'm like, nah, man, you really don't work that hard. I mean, not. not you're not working for 25 years without a helper. <laughs> I mean, that's that's incredible stuff. 
you know? So, just a question. When you when you took the helper on, cooking for the restaurant, yeah. how many times would you change what they did in order to serve the food? Because I'm sure it took a while before you trusted what they were doing to serve. Uh, quantify yeah. No, okay. So, uh, so your one helper yeah, who one was helper, still yeah. with us, yeah. Right? Yeah. and now he puts on the pickup thing, he puts the bones on and everything. Uh, how long did it take you to, to trust teach him. him? Yeah, to right. trust him. Like oh, to trust never him. never trust him. Look at him, face. <laughs> He's like, I still don't. I still don't trust him. No. Trust, never. Like, no. That's why this question was so confusing. Yeah. I was like, I got it. No, it doesn't make any sense. No, I don't trust him now. It's great. It's fine. No, she doesn't. No, she doesn't. But, uh, but uh, now. So good. No, I don't trust him still. That's amazing. How long yeah. has he been with you? Now he's been with us 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 20 years and you're like still like nah, I don't know I don't I don't like him that much no, it's no, fine but she is a perfectionist about what she does which yeah that's and, why it's so good right no that's true that's why it's that's so good true. you should see her stack it is unbelievable but uh, uh, how long before you let him do more she made oh, him a clean shrimp <laughs> Still, I'm still oh, considering it. I don't know. He's, he's still working on his shrimp peeling technique. Yeah. <laughs> she made him do the shrimp. She asked him if yeah. he was sleeping. Oh my God. Him lean tree. Again, him lean. I asked him, you lean tree. Yeah. Got five pounds. I go, I go, I work in uh, my job. About hour. And I know she him come back. Mm. I know okay, I weigh a little bit more. And 30 minutes more. And I go next door. And I saw him sit down in the jail. And he move for one. And up for one. <laughs> I know, oh my God, what happened, man? Look, two hours. I know she finished five hours. It's like paint dry. Oh yeah, I know that God. feeling for sure. Really? Really? And then, okay. Oh, and up, and up, okay. I give you 10 more minutes. I have to finish and come back work. The five thirty open. Okay, come here and help me cut the scallion and then Half hour, 30 minutes. And I come, look, got <laughs> two hours and a half. <laughs> But no finish. I know, okay, come on, come back here. Go kitchen, go back here. And I run the swim and go back inside kitchen, in the table. And I can look. Okay, I show you this time, the five times. So easy. I said, why you took so long? <laughs> you took off skin, this one out. You get this one out. And the ready, and you cut it off, you took out the flap, and the back. Right. Oh my God. You need the rope. Yeah. That's the, and she never, that's what amazed me, is she takes out the ink or the line, but she never takes out the rope. It's not, uh, it, the rona and trim, and the roll, the color, the, the roll. Yeah. 
you like you cook right you cook and you fry and you cook the vegetable in the one you cook and you eat the shrimp the peach the peach yes. the uh, the roll the roll dry mm. the roll gives the flavor roll. yeah of course so you she did the, the label the roll the carrot so I, I want to ask her why uh, some Vietnamese ask her look there's no turkey wing in Vietnam right why you put turkey wing what made you and why did you put turkey wing in your stock why I cook turkey wing and um, chicken and pork and beef Mm -hmm. Very different in Vietnam. Okay. Yeah, very different. You know why? We hear that and chicken and beef and that uh, and the what shell and the no, rice the shell. Right. They, 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 they eat, eat differently. Yeah, yeah. In Vietnam, they eat the the rice oh. shell. They eat the bread and, and the rice. Right. Rice, 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 Mm. Yeah, no need to be good. But come here, need to, need to be good. Why? Why? Because why? More level, flavor, level more strong. Yeah. Right. More strong, more thick. Mm -hmm. And you cook everything. Yeah. You cook everything, and the come out too. Everything. So you you add turkey, which is not common in Vietnam, because. Flavor is more like a bigger animal too, I'm assuming. More yeah. bones, thicker bones, things of that nature. What she's saying is that the bones here don't give enough flavor. Right. So she took so she takes a lot of bones and it wasn't she found it not rich enough. Mm. Okay? And I meaning it doesn't mean that it's so rich, rich, but it has to be to her flavor. Of course. So she tried turkey wing and it are turkey legs sometimes, but she loves wings. Yeah, wings, wings are delicious. Yeah. yeah, I'm with her. I get it. Get I totally it. understand it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he understands. Yeah, I understand. I understand all the delicious things. I do. Yeah. So at, I think uh, something that's interesting is at the beginning, at the very beginning of the restaurant, let's say the first like two years, what were you surprised with that people really enjoyed? food-wise, that maybe you didn't think people would like, but they ordered a ton of, and you were surprised by? <laughs> oh, that's so funny. There are several things. One, I like several beef things. tongue and ginger. Oh, man, I love beef tongue. Beef tongue oh, and ginger. So good. Curry chicken livers and gizzards. Oh, my God, that sounds With delicious. The, sometimes you put in duck hearts and that. Uh, uh, duck gizzards and you go rest, huh? you go no, he didn't. No, no. I did not. No, okay. oh, no. Um, so those are big salads. People wanted them in the book, but um, the, the recipe, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't okay him. So, Why not? I know. I so I'm giving them on on our. Uh, on our YouTube station. I want to watch this YouTube station. Yeah. Because you're, that, you're that sounds like that's right up my alley. All those things. Right. So you said curry of 
duck livers and hearts. Right. So we put them all together. You put chicken livers and hearts. And also when you, 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 with her, you never waste anything. Never. Okay, never. Never, never. So, I'm with, I'm with you. Uh, she, we had duck, half roasted duck with black corn sauce. And she oh, would use the livers and gizzards from the duck and put them in the other liver uh, curry. It was spicy a little bit. Uh, also, spicy kingfish with pineapple. People loved it. Yeah. How, how did you cook the kingfish? Just like in a broth or? Uh, in, uh, yeah, how did oh, you cook? Curry uh, kingfish? Not curry kingfish, the kingfish, spicy kingfish. Oh, spicy kingfish. Well, you can take your, um, cut the leaf, and then you cut the rice. Steak the fish. Uh-huh. And you on the, the pan, mm-hmm. on pan, and you cut the um, tomato and pineapple, right? You on the top. Mm-hmm. You leave, you, uh, you leave about five minutes. And time when I get and they, you ready, you cook on a top of the you hold a pan, you should try to move. You don't know, stuck and check the pan, you underneath. You move, and you're on top, you're on low heat. Okay. You're on low heat, and you're on top, and you wait. And this side, you cook um, the ham, king uh, fish, the bone uh, fish. This all sounds like very delicious. These are all <laughs> things that I, I very much love. I, the curry livers and hearts, I'm not going to get over. That sounds like very good. So I think what were the dishes that stuck forever? Are those some of the ones, the ones that you're shocked that people really liked or... Was there like one or two dishes that were there forever and ever that never came off the menu? They weren't there for in the beginning. Oh, for the spring rolls were right. been there forever and ever. Makes sense. And uh, in the beginning, uh, we didn't have mint, and typically the Vietnamese used a lot of herbs, yeah. fresh herbs. So. Uh, as we went along, we added the mint. I found uh, a, a, they sold mint, cilantro, basil, mm. you know. And so spring rolls is one, forever and ever. Forever and ever. I, you know, we can sell them. Uh, we did a pickup just uh, last week, and we sold over 500 spring rolls. Wow. And they have to be made. Yeah. And you know, so, and we haven't added any more people. Yeah, there's only one one person, and no, we're not sure about him either. I, I'm, I'm always available. <laughs> he's on thin ice. We're, he's on thin ice. He has yeah. been for 20 years. I'm always available. Yeah. <laughs> now she lets me do something. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. Now. Did that take a while? But uh, for long. <laughs> and it was never right. Yeah. But so that's You're like, on thin ice too, then. <laughs> yeah, you also are in the nice. The other thing is pork rolling cakes where she makes, she soaks rice all night, she mills it, she makes it into a watery powder mm-hmm. thing, uh, but she does it with 
rice. So she soaks the rice, mills it, and and then she steams it on a cloth. So it, it comes, she uses a flat chopstick that goes around and around, and you go under and you lift up and you put on an oil plate, mm. and you put the stuffing and you roll it up. They are, people die for them. I would die for that. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I would. I'm ready right now. I'm ready for that. Change, change. You, you fry that in. No, I haven't, but I would love to. <laughs> and on top, you put fried shallots, mint. If you want, you can put scarlet bean sprouts. Uh, at the restaurant, we put uh, scarlet bean sprouts with the mint and the fried shallots. But um, think of, we're just doing mint and fried shallots. And so, you have to fry the shallots. I mean, you're not buying fried shallots. No, no, no. You shouldn't buy fried shallots. Yeah, I'm with you. So, right. Kathy, if, if I understand correctly, I mean, you were primarily the, the front of house person. I was front of right? house. To talk a bit about, uh, and of course, Tung, if you have something to say here to jump in, because it, it uh, involves you, no? About what it was like being the direct connection to the customer at a place that was so characterized by this culture other than your own. No, where you're learning almost at the same time as Yeah, the but I learn fast. Sure. Okay? But I had to be the go-between the kitchen because I could be the one to see the food go out. And so uh, sometimes if you're tired and you're a chef, right, and you forget a duck, it's overcooked. So, but I couldn't tell her that. She would go berserk. <laughs> Got right? it. So I would just order another duck <laughs> and tell the customer, look, uh, eat, take that duck home or eat that duck or take a good duck home. <laughs> yeah. I saw I would, I would make it work. You tell the customer, because if we tell the kitchen, we're all dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're going to be out of all the helpers. Every, it happens to everybody. No. You know, and I knew it, uh, if if it was good or not. You know, if yeah. it was good and they complained, uh, you know, I'd say I, I knew what was good. But what, what about was. from like, a, more from a cultural standpoint? Because I imagine, especially at the time, Customers must have had all kinds of questions. Oh, yeah. So I guess that's what I'm thinking is. That's for, my job. Yeah, exactly. So what was that like for you being, of course, without the food, none of it happens. But right. uh, but ultimately, I, it, it couldn't have happened without you because someone was needed to translate in a manner yeah, of it was, right. it was It was a I middle person. in Vietnamese on the checks that I gave her. So I, I didn't react, uh, write spring rolls. I wrote chong yong. Oh, but I even mean translate in a figurative sense. In other words, taking Vietnamese culture and making it intelligible the to the guest. Yeah, yeah. Like okay. trying to tell someone from Miami we what that meant. Tr- we didn't uh, d- as, as an example, this isn't Vietnamese, but as an example, like I remember, um, I wish I could remember the name of the of this Indian restaurant, but uh, I was with a group of friends and we were at this Indian restaurant and our waiter and all the staff are Indian and it's three of us Cubans at this table. And I, for- I forget now what dish we were asking about, but... Uh, our waiter, you know, is taking all these questions and, oh, what about this one thing? And he says, where are all of you from? And we said, we're Cuban. He goes, it's kind of like carne con papas. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And so, yeah. and so, in a way, that sort of thing is necessary because if it was just 
uh, a lot of people who were new to each other's cultures, there would be no bridge. Right. Now, you know, you have to explain. So, cellophane noodle, you say it's made from bean bread, uh, which are mung beans, right? <coughs> and then you tell them how it's cooked, right? Uh, uh, sometimes, like calamari uh, was an appetizer, and the people learn the food really fast, but I would uh, serve a... a calamari here and then I'd come back and that calamari would be six tables down <laughs> three tables down because we added tables yeah. later so everybody sh shared uh, I explained uh, the curd chicken and sweet potato the the Cubans would come I want the sopa pollo <laughs> that sounds so, like our people <laughs> right and, and I know what they meant. I got yeah. to know our, my customers. I like to take the orders. Uh, uh, I would say, they say, I would say, okay, uh, today the, the barbecue pork is not that good. So don't order it. Yeah. Because we can eat it. You know, why are we going to serve? So it was a combination. She didn't cook anything with compromised. But I wouldn't serve anything company. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, not that we can't come back to the restaurant stuff, but I want to make sure that we transition a little bit to the book. Yeah, So sure. that people listening, you know, Definitely. have a sense. Uh, you know, and I read a little bit from it, but one of the things that, that I love about it is, you know, I, I think that the story is, it's such a rich story, and it's, it's clearly given priority in the book. So for the person who hasn't picked it up, uh, it's... It's a memoir, but it it sort of uh, switches back and forth between your voice, Kathy's, and your voice, Tung's. And and I'm not sure, but later on in the book, because I haven't finished it, does, does Lynn's voice come yeah, in as well? Yeah, her, her voice comes in. Right. So yeah. Lynn being uh, Tung's daughter. Right. Um, so t talk a bit about, you know, you, you mentioned, I think maybe before we started recording, how much you learned about each other and how much you learned in the process. Uh, I, I guess... Broad, broadly speaking, what, how, how did you settle on that format for the book? Because it could have taken a lot of forms. Right. And what is it that you learned? Okay, the format, because everyone has a view. So uh, I personally think that in the book, her view comes out strong. I mean, I think I'm the villain in the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm playing. And she says, no, you're not the villain. I said, well... Uh, I'm the one who lets the water uh, get shut off. I'm the one who gets the <laughs> lights turned off uh, that she can't make. I mean, she made me a villain, you know, <laughs> which wasn't always, <laughs> wasn't always true. So it needed three voices. I mean, it needed it. Uh, uh, it, it and this time she got her voice heard. Um, and that was important because doing this book, we laughed a lot, we remembered a lot, uh, we found that uh, we accepted each other eventually. She left Haivong at one time uh, because she was mad I wasn't making money, but that wasn't my purpose in the rest. 
No, my purpose, her, she was one who was very business. I was not business. I, I didn't. So she left and um, left for how long? Two and a half. No, no, two and a half. Yeah. Not even a year. <laughs> no, I love that. Not even a year. <laughs> Three years, six no, months. No, 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 yeah. no. It, was, it wasn't long. And the, uh, the, no. there, there were, uh, my, my pride got, got in there because yeah. she thought that I would, couldn't do it without her. And, and in fact, I couldn't do it without her. But I wasn't going to tell her that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and Tony, I wonder what was... And it's funny that you mentioned that the Tung was all business. It makes sense because you were practically a general contractor at 13 years old with these bricks. Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, I wonder what has it been like. Of course, you've been through a whole career in hospitality, no? But I wonder what it's like for you to have it sort of culminate in a book of all things. When you know, part of the book is about how you you know, skipped on school to pay for your siblings to go to school and, you know, you get here and some of these other people in the house wouldn't even want you sitting at the table. I mean, there's got to be something almost surreal for anybody, but especially for somebody with that refugee experience, which of course we can relate to, um, to now be in a position of, you know, that you're doing a, a book tour of all things, mm. coming from where you came from. You know, I'm going to let her talk. But I just want to tell you one thing. I knew, I watched Tom every step, you know, and there, that, you know, there, I, I saw her growth, uh, her self-confidence, her knowing that she is somebody, that she has worth. And I watched every step. But the, at one of the pop-ups, and just, hmm, like a year ago, uh, the people started clapping and stood up. And I told them, come out of their kitchen because they want to thank you. <coughs> and she came out and she cried and she did, she couldn't talk, right? And uh, I, and when we went home, she talked and she said, you know, they clapped for me. <laughs> Uh, they, they clapped for me. And that was when I knew that she knew she had made Right? And this, yeah. was, this was about a year ago. About a year ago. That's right. when you thought you'd made it? Yes. No. I mean, I think like 30 years in any restaurant <laughs> right. is like... That's... No, it takes time. It's a, yeah. because, But she can tell you about how she let the... The Vietnamese know that she had made it because with Vietnamese, it's what you have right. that is going to help you. You know, they wear gold and they, you right. know. And uh, she let them know, uh, because in the beginning I said, why do you let them talk to you like that? <laughs> you know? And she said, wait, wait. And I said, okay, wait. <laughs> but then... One time, uh, she invited uh, people who never would have come to sat down with her. These were people with money. She worked through that in years. 
And uh, you want to tell them the story? No. no. Okay. So, so uh, uh, we're having dinner, and she's inviting people, oh, Vietnamese over. And she gets, she makes sure her garden is beautiful. Her house is, is extremely clean. I look at her, and she has dressed up so beautiful. I, you know, I said, wow, don't. <laughs> Because usually you work and yeah, yeah. you don't have time to dress up. So the 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 people come and she shows them all through her house. <laughs> I'm laughing, you know, because I'm laughing at the culture and what's happening. But it's a happy laugh. It's not a right. a judgment laugh or or anything. It every growth of her was happy for me. So anyhow, uh, 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 she showed them the garden, the house. They ate her food. They sat down at the table with her. And uh, I think she, at that time, was saying, I made it. I made it. Yeah. And then later, they invited us over. And I said to them, you know where we're going? Because those the people wouldn't sit down with her. You know, they had money. They wouldn't have accepted her or things. But in America, they learned to accept her. And so we went over there. We had a good time. She was grace. Tony was gracious. She, she, uh, she was successful. And that was another time where in her own culture, she made it. She made it. Did you make it? <laughs> yeah, now I make it. <laughs> no, no, you made it. Oh, you, you, you've made it. you far, far beyond made it. Yeah. I mean, it's a... Uh, it's Very a, far behind. I make it. Now well, I make she it. was far behind, she saying, but I made it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, don't, I, I, mean, I, I think that... I, I think anybody who does a great thing is sort of late in recognizing that they've made it. Everybody else seems to know they've made it and the right. person is never satisfied. No, because it has to happen inside. Right. I think a lot of people would have said that you made it a lot longer than a year ago. <laughs> 30, yeah. 30 plus years ago. Even yeah. before no, that. that's true. Yeah. But that's when she knew inside. Yeah. Yeah. It takes time. It does take time. So, unfortunately, she's not here. Mm. But I, I would love to know more about Lynn's involvement in the book. And what it was like, not only what it, what it was like uh, writing the book with her, which for, this hasn't come up, but um, I guess, let's let's talk about this first. In the book and a lot of the promo materials and all of that, there's reference to, uh, Kathy, you're helping raise Lynn. Right. Talk a little about that. I had a fun job. I had the fun job. I had to take her to ballet. I, I played with her. Uh... I couldn't have cooked for her in the beginning. Um, I had the fun, the fun job. And uh, her mother didn't speak English. She was working all the time. And she would tell me, uh, take her, take her there, take her there. All her friends, I, I went camping with the school. That was my job too. So we, you know, from then, and I were very close. I was never the mother. I was never. I never tried to be the mother. 
some Vietnamese even ask us, uh, were you a Nguyen Manning family? We never thought about it like that. We didn't, we weren't a Nguyen Manning family. We were people who mixed, who began to see each other as people. And uh, uh, it, it was not, and we saw, we began to see our customers the same way. Our customers, we love them. I love our customers. They're my family. Yeah. You know, they become your family. Right. It, it isn't uh, so. Uh, but she was always the mother. And uh, uh, every time we talk about the book, Fungi's crying. Uh, Lynn. Yeah. I call her Fungi. Uh, that's what we do. We crucify every name. <laughs> <laughs> now her name, though, you know, is Lynn. Lynn. Yeah, yeah. Lynn. Dad, Lynn. You know? <laughs> I could never call her Lynn. Yeah. I always call her Fumi. Um, but uh, she was the joy of her. Yeah. And you know that she never had an opportunity for school, but... Her daughter went to Harvard. That's the other thing. Man, that's amazing. And I got her master's from Cornell. And that's the other thing, because in Vietnam, they they don't think you have the ability, if you're a farmer, to raise anybody that can move up. Yeah. You know, I think something that, that means a lot to me is like, over the lifespan of a restaurant, one that's been around for that long to see the evolution of it. And like, I mean, there's so many stories that go on in that time, you know, in 30 plus years. I mean, we've only been around for five years and there's already like a plethora of stories. I could only imagine over that lifespan. What's one story or one instance that really stands out to you, whether it be about food or people dining or something that happened in the restaurant, it got flooded or something that is something that you'll always remember. Okay, I will always remember the custard, mm. and I ran the front. I mean, I I've been called all kinds of names. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but people, there people would say, Kathy, you know what you just did? You told one of the city's uh, city's um, like a commissioner or something. Yeah, right. Something and that doesn't that, really matter. That bird, that's the right one, right? That bird came with down the street. Oh, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that is bad. But that's Kathy, why. You're the best. But, <laughs> you are but, the best. But I, but you know, when my lawyer who sat and ate, you know, right, he always said, you know, uh, she, she's blaming me on us. Yeah. <laughs> she's blaming me on So, uh, I think one thing that stands out was for me to watch and to see is when uh, someone, I didn't know he was a reviewer. I didn't want to know who was he. Because even Fungi, when she came uh, uh, to visit, she had to sign the list to get in. <laughs> <Love that. laughs> there, were, there were no, no other ones. 
But one guy came and uh, uh, the table was a six foot table. It seated six. He was three. And he, uh, 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 he uh, wanted uh, a table all for him, the six all for himself. And he said, I'm going to order a lot. Hmm. And I said, that doesn't mean anything here. <laughs> yeah. Then, so now you're getting the idea of what I was. You know, I was called a combination of a disoriented cat lady and a soup Nazi on the phone call. <laughs> the cat lady soup Nazi. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> So in the eyes that that doesn't mean anything here, you're going to have to shift. So he was three, and I put three more. And during the evening, I looked over, and they were having the best time. Yeah. And I said to myself, now he knows I want He turned out to be a reviewer. And he wrote really a wonderful, uh, to me, it meant a lot. He said about Tonsville that it reached for the heights and it made it. And he said, it, uh, but what was important is that he found humanity. And, and what else did he find in Haibong? And that meant a lot to me. Yep. Because that's what I wanted people to find. I, I wanted them to to find authenticity, humanity, acceptance. You know, uh, and and that that was my business plan. People come in, they sit, they talk, they relax, and then they go out there and fight the war. That was my job to feed them. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know how to follow that up. Well, did, did you I mean, have, is there a story that, that comes to mind for you? Some story from over the years that that you always remember? <laughs> for, for her? Uh, other than your, your one helper that you're still not sure about, which is probably the highlight of this whole thing for me. No, for her, it was everybody who went to the window and told her how good the food was. Yeah. And I think... What's that important to you? Yes. Very Happy. important. Yeah. Happy. Very important. Yeah. Happy. Do you want to do the... Man, I don't know how to follow any of that up. I'm just all kind of, I I want to eat so much of your food right now. And I just... <laughs> I, I can't thank you guys for everything that you guys have done in the last... I mean, you know, you paved the way for so many of us. Okay, you know? that's good. Yeah, I really can't thank you enough. No, he hasn't gone the restaurant, but he heard about that. Oh, and he heard about that. Now he wants to taste cookies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want to do the, the bonus stuff? A little uh, quick. Uh, I don't really have many bonus things today. I'll help out with that. All right, you want to do you want we'll, to do the bonus? Yeah, thing? We'll, we'll do the thing. That's good. So we're we're gonna wind down here. Um, uh, we'll do the recommendation thing. Okay. So we always end the podcast with everybody recommending something to the audience, and it can be absolutely anything—a book, a dish, a movie—as long as it's not yours. Oh right. yeah. 
Right. It could be anything at all. Yeah, uh, that's good. Do you have anything that you want to start with? Just uh, I mean, my, I like it's a very boring parting recommendation, but um, I I just rewatched Glory Road, which is a great movie uh, about the first NCAA basketball team that had seven African Americans on the team, yep. and I you know it was great. I rewatched it probably for the. 25th time and it was still good the 25th time I recommend it for all people um, I think that's it I mean I really don't do anything but work right now so I, I that's the only yeah. thing I've had time to do we understand that <laughs> I know you guys I mean I'm are lucky are you married no I'm not I'm lucky I have more than one helper I still don't I can't get over the one helper thing and that's after 25 years and we're still not sure about him. It's the best. <laughs> Party recommendation. Find now the helper. Now know her nature, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's amazing. Uh, so I'm going to go a little bit of a, a repeat of a past recommendation from another episode. But uh, maybe an episode or two ago, I had recommended a short documentary on uh, is a, a Vice series where they do uh, documentaries about songs. The most recent one I saw was the story of the dance hall, the story, the, the song that introduced dance hall, Jamaican dance hall, to so many in, in the United States, it wasn't me. Oh uh, man, that's good. And the that's story, the, the story of it wasn't me, is actually also super interesting. So yeah. that is my recommendation. You can find that it's a Vice short. Uh, you can find it on YouTube. Uh, Kathy, Tung, any okay. any recommendations for people? Uh, I always have recommendations. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, I, I think um, to, to help understand Haiphong, there's a good book that is written by Isabel Wilkinson. It's called Cast. And uh, I recommend that book a lot. I think that every American, we need to read it. And because of what is going on in America now, uh, we need to read it and we need to feel it. Okay. It was and called. I'm sorry. It was called Cast. It's called Cast. Yeah. Cast. Okay. And it's by Isabel Wilkinson, and it's a great, great, great. Got it. Okay. okay. What about you? Wait, I don't know. <laughs> what did he say? Um. <laughs> no. Uh, what? Um. Okay. What about? Uh, so here, here's a, I mean, we could go any direction, but when you're not cooking, where do you like to eat in Miami? Oh, man, that's tough. That is tough. <laughs> that's tough. I don't know. That is tough. Yeah. This, you like to eat home. Yeah, you <laughs> <laughs> like to eat at home. I bet. You eat anything. Or, what food do you like? What you, food do you like to eat, too? That you when you're not at home. When you're not at home. If you eat anywhere outside of home. What do you like to uh, eat? Uh, oh, I know. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to go there tomorrow. Wherever you say, I, I really, I'm intrigued to try it. Okay, bueno, what do you like to eat? I'm hungry. <laughs> I hate it. No, but what, 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 you always fix it up. But where do you like? What about Kong Chow? Oh, man, Kong Chow is the best. Love it. I love Kung Chow. Yeah, she loves yeah. Kung Chow. Yeah. Yeah. If, if she can go 
somewhere else she'll go to Kong Chow. Now it's your face. It needs this. It needs, <laughs> <laughs> it needs so They need a helper. That's what oh, they need. Oh, right. Yeah. You know? And keep them on thin ice. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I love that. But, but, but you recommend Kong Chow. What do you eat at Kong Chow? Just so I can order the same thing. Oh, we order the beef. What do you order? Uh, soup? Yeah, soup. Uh, soup, beef? No, yeah, because uh, the, 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 the Chinese make, the Vietnamese make chow. It's called, it's a rice soup. Uh, and it has chicken or ground pork or, or rice. And and the uh, Chinese make chow, but they call it uh, rice. Right, rice, rice soup. And but they don't, and they put in fish or they put in some pot, yeah. And that is a stable for mm. the, the Chinese, right? Yeah. Right. And when you're sick in Vietnam, you eat chow. So everyone, go to Kung Chow. I love I love Kung Chow, so that, I feel vindicated yeah, that it's good. Go. <laughs> <laughs> it needs things apparently, but yeah. I believe I believe it. I believe it. All right, uh, all right. And so, shameless plugs. We'll let you just tell everyone, uh, you know, when the book launches uh, and where they can find you online and all that stuff. I know you mentioned a YouTube channel, so let everybody know all the things that they should know about the book and High Bones. Okay. Okay. You want to yeah, yeah. Down? yeah tell okay. Them. The book is released March. Uh, 16th okay. is a chronicle is releasing it um you can get it at books and books or uh amazon or uh i'd like to support the local bookstores sure. because we're all going through a hard time uh and uh what you can go to highbong.com and you i i uh uh, that's a website. Mm -hmm. You can, you will, when I start doing uh, pickups, you can, you push a picture and it goes to your, you, your cart. And uh, that's what, so you order that, you order, it has choices and you order. Yeah. And then you pay online and all you do, we cook at a church or wherever at a, you know, uh, cooking school, but we did, uh, we pack it and you pick it up at our house and you drive through and I have boxes all made and you also choose a time slot so we don't have it all packed up all you know and you come through and we put the food in your your car and off you go. Do you have the curry gizzards? We do. Oh. Man, I can't. Be all over that. Oh, I'm so <laughs> we ready. Do. We, in fact, next time we're gonna do tongue and juice. Oh. Because our customers love it. Yeah. I love it, and I haven't even had it yet. I love everything about it. <laughs> and we're on. Uh, uh, you know, this is for men. Yeah. Uh, this is um, my job, not my job, but we're on. Uh, Facebook, I do write on Facebook. Okay. I let it, my, I let breathe out. Oh, and, uh, um, and also we have a guy who is putting up stuff. Yeah. He's a wonderful guy. He's in uh, the Netherlands and he's covering. And so uh, he adds, he is part of the family. 
and uh, some of my bus boys have gone on to do wonderful things. One is in uh, got his master's and uh, he's from Cameroon, uh, mm -hmm. and he came looking for a job. He didn't know English. He had gotten the lottery, and he had won uh, a green card to come to America. He's now an aeronautical engineer. Wow, incredible. We have one guy who is a civil engineer. Uh, one guy who does networking with computers. He's a computer guy. I'm, I'm and these guys stayed with me for five years, six years. They made it through school. Yeah, amazing. Good stuff. So we'll do our plug things. You want to tell the people the things? I want all the things. All the things. It's dadmag.com slash podcast. We're at at podcast on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and all the social media things. Nick, why are you uh, so wet? <laughs> are you like Because I'm, I'm under a leak. <laughs> I was wondering the whole... Okay. All right. Sorry. Finish. Yeah. My bad. <laughs> Nick, is, Nick is all wet, everyone, and he's just taking it like a champ. I'm under a leak. Yeah. Um... <laughs> And I'm holding the table from wobbling with my foot so I can't move. I love that. That's yes. good. This is dedication. Yeah, it is. Uh on Podcast on all the things. If you want to support what we're doing around here and get me out from under this leak, it's patreon.com slash dademag, D-A-D-E-M-A-G. Mm -hmm. For as little as a buck a month, the Mug Club is growing. If you are in a certain tier, you can get a mug. Thanks to all of our mug people. We have several mug people? We have several mug people. This is crazy. Some people <laughs> who haven't gotten their mugs nuts. yet. It's a crazy place to be. Um, and, uh, and, yeah, follow us on all the things. You can even see somebody in Connecticut who watches, who listens to the podcast. I still can't believe that. I just making one of Mike's recipes. Totally off, off topic. On topic, but off topic. So you guys, obviously, the book is being released this month in a couple days or whatever. So I was part of a, a book that they did in Miami, just like a group of chefs or whatever. And I did uh, two recipes in the book. And I, for the life of me, never thought anyone would ever recreate my recipes, ever. And uh, somebody recreated one of my recipes, and I was like, that's, that's crazy. Yeah, it makes you happy, though. Yeah, it was, it was very... Um, and the whole time, I, I felt like telling them, like, you have to plate it like this or yes, like that. Right. And I'm like... <laughs> yes, and I'm like, amen! <laughs> <laughs> you need to add more sauce, which I'll reach out to them in person and be like, listen, that's how you do it. But it's very, it was very, very cool and very interesting. So I um, now I, I understand the, the book thing just a little bit. Just two recipes deep. Now <laughs> you guys. Uh, so this is where it ends for the non-Patreon people. But if yeah. you are supporting us on Patreon, you'll hear... An extra few minutes, and we'll do a little lightning round with Kathy and Tung. Um, but so that people hear us. I realized after several edits, people who don't pay don't hear us thank people for being here. So thanks to both of you. Thank you both <laughs> usually so much for hour. doing this. Yeah. yeah. I'm, it's been tremendous. I'm incredibly honored, and thank you so much. It's like, it's crazy. Thank you. It was fun. Yeah. So yeah. Um, you guys were fun. We suck. But you guys are, <laughs> you guys are great. Thank you.